This episode of the Trek Geeks podcast is brought to you by the Trek Geek Shop. Now you can help support our show and get yourself some cool Star Trek gear at the same time. Check out our line of t-shirts, mugs, hats, and other items for your inner Trek geek at shop.trekgeeks.com. Hi, this is Kipley Brown, Lieutenant Barbara Smith on Star Trek Continues. Course plotted for the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant. Welcome, one and all, to Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast. And this is episode number 80. Wow. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith. And, uh, well, joining me as he always does this time every single episode. You know, if I were going to create my ultimate crew like we're going to do this week, I probably would have him scrubbing impulse manifolds or, or maybe even... The captain's toilet. He's the very janitorial Dan Davidson. Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm trying to think of... Um, I've got a mind blank right now. You know the episode with, with Ben Finney? And he's in the pod. What the What was that pod name? The Ion Pod? Yeah, that's where you would be all the time. And I would have my hand on that eject button all the time. How? <laughs> Jettison Pod. Jettison Pod, yes. Hey, uh, before we get started with anything, thank you for that rousing introduction. I always always appreciate it. Happy anniversary, man. Oh, thank you. Yes. Um, uh, this is a big weekend for you and your bride. Hope you had a good weekend. Congratulations on uh, the number of years is? Seven. There you go. And I hope you have a lot more. Congratulations. Thank you. If we were a Star Trek series, we'd be canceled now. Wow. <laughs> Don't go there. That's not even funny. <laughs> we actually, she and I talked about that last night. Oh. You no, know, we had a wonderful dinner last night. You know, we've been just sort of enjoying the day today. Tomorrow is our actual anniversary. So, um, you know, we'll be working stuff. Yeah. But uh, married for seven, together for 10. So, Excellent. Uh, the best years of my life by far. So, thank you. Awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank and, you. And I'm glad that you're spending some of that anniversary weekend with me. It makes me feel kind of special. Um, yeah. 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 Ooh. Dan, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of people out there that would love to make you feel special by sending you correspondence in the form of email or voicemail. And how might they get those messages to you to make you light up with joy? Wow, that's great. On Twitter, Facebook, and Skype, our handle is Trek Geeks. You can also send us an email at trekgeeks at starfleet.com, or you can call us at 508-784-1701, leave a voicemail, or you can go online to speakpipe.com slash trekgeeks and leave us a message there. 
Also, you can join our official Facebook group, Camp Kittimer. Um, as always, there's great discussion going on there. Some fun pictures were posted today, I got I to gotta say. Uh, some good comments and some good insults thrown in there at Bill, which is always fun on his anniversary weekend. Uh, as a bonus for being a member of Camp Kittimer, you will get early access to the Trek Geeks podcast. So there's a plus uh, to join the group. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer. And, Bill, just remember that any comments or messages using the place I'm going to be using in a future episode. Back to you. Wow, were you the, the the guy who did the FedEx, FedEx commercials in the eighties? Yeah, little little travel back in time, as it were. Wow, glad so you, what did, glad what you remember. Did you really that. say? I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's blurred all together. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, uh, people slow that part of the episode down and, and hear the disclaimer. Believe me, they've heard it before. And it is yeah. legally there now, so it's not like there's a problem. <laughs> it, it's kind of like um, the original series episode. Was it uh, Wink of an Eye? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Very good. Dan, we've had a number of inquiries lately, speaking of getting in touch with us, of people who want to know how they can help support us and donate. Mm-hmm. And um, we we generally appreciate the offers. You know, it's 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 kind of overwhelming that people want to help support our show and we're incredibly grateful for it but um you and i we don't do patreon nope not at all you know we thought about having subscribers but then you know you've got to program content for that Mm -hmm. and not that we don't want to but we didn't want to take away from the focus of the show and necessarily shortchange the podcast so um if I were to ask you how you think people might be able to help us and support the show, what would you suggest, sir? Well, I think the first suggestion, um, of course, I think you would agree, is is just to listen. That's that's the biggest support that that we have uh, that we can think of. But um, hey, head on over to shop.trekgeeks.com. Buy a few things over there because we make a few dollars off of every shirt, uh, and all that um, extra money that we get from those purchases goes directly back into the podcast. It's not a lot, but it really helps offset our uh, ho- our hosting costs. That's very true. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Cafe Press has what's called, what are called uh, fan portals, and they are licensed through CBS. So everything on our cafe press store is technically licensed so it's not in violation we're not just you know putting money in our pockets we don't make a whole lot off of the store but whatever we do make we put right back into the podcast absolutely yep Anything else you might suggest? Yeah, um, we always uh, very much appreciate it when folks uh, tell other people about the podcast through sharing it on social media. Uh, we think that that's a great way for more people to come into the show, and we welcome them. We welcome them all the time. Um, the, also, one of the uh, big things that you can do is, as we've talked about in the past, is certainly write a review of the show, whether positive or negative. We don't care. We just want to get the reviews because the more reviews, the more it gets out there to people. So uh, uh, that's just another way that you can do it. Absolutely. And in fact, next week, we'll be announcing last quarter's winner of the $25 Amazon.com gift card. So oh, that'll be pretty I cool. I got to get entered into that. Let me jot that down. You, um, you, huh? you, you can't, buddy. Why? What? Because you're like co-host and executive producer. Uh-huh. Whoa, whoa. When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> right before your eyes. That's right. Uh, yeah. Seriously, though, um, like I said, most importantly, though, just listen. Just enjoy the show. We love Star Trek. We want to keep the focus on on Trek. Uh, 
that's that's why we do this, right, man? It really is, you know, and that's that's probably the best advice of all. As much as we appreciate people offering to send us money, <laughs> we're happy to just be here. So if um, you all continue to be here, we will be too. Could build a studio. Ooh. Go get it. Oh, Dan. Oh, Bill. It's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. (laughs) Looking for the latest in Star Trek news. It's treknews.net. Online at treknews.net. See how I did that? That was pretty awesome. Thank you. Wow. Dan, looking at the news this week, (laughs) you and I both got a pretty good chuckle out of this. As you know, last weekend, they had Destination Star Trek over in Europe. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, they released a photo. <laughs> yes. Uh, Treknews.net did a great uh, story on uh, Destination Star Trek Europe. And there was a an epic photo that took place, which uh, I think is the most awkward photo in the history of photography. Um, but there was uh, a very interesting picture with... Um, I'm going to run down a list of names, but yeah. uh, original series actors, William Shatner, Walter Koenig, George Takei, George Takei, excuse me, um, all were sitting on a, 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 an Enterprise bridge, an uh, original series bridge set, and with them were several Star Trek uh, alumni, including, um, let's see, we had Marina Sirtis, Terry Farrell, Dominic Keating. Armin Shimmerman, Alice Krieg, Chase Masterson, Connor Trenier, Max Gredenchik, Jeffrey Combs, Nicole DeBoer, Casey Biggs, Garrett Wong, Greg Grudenberg, Adam Nimoy, plus Apollo 15 astronaut Al Warden, all standing on the bridge with William Shatner in the captain's chair. And you could not see the smallest hint of a smile on any of the three principal actors' faces in this picture. (laughs) Shatner looks slightly amused to be there because he's always got that look on his face. But Takei and and Koenig look like they're making a hostage tape. (laughs) It really is something. It's amazing. It could have been such an amazing moment to have all of these alumni spanning all the generations of Star Trek on the bridge for this picture. And it just looks awkward. (laughs) It it looks painfully awkward. And I'll tell you what, the gentleman standing next to William Shatner to what would be our left looks like Jimmy Doohan. It's the astronaut, I believe, Al Warden, but he's got a, he, he, in the picture, he looks a lot like um, Jimmy Doohan when he was up there in age before he passed away. I I didn't notice that. Yeah, check it out. I, I will have to do that. Yes. I'm I'm a little stunned. Actually, is that that may not be Al Warden? Straight some, to his left. To his to his left to hit to his right. Our left. No, that's Eddie Paskey. Uh, really? Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure it is. Wow, he looks like Jimmy doing in that picture. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> oh, there's the astronaut. He's over there. Sorry, Al. <laughs> yeah, Bob O'Reilly is standing to Shatner's left. Yep. <laughs> uh, Dominic yep. Keating throwing up the live long and prosper. Yep, very cool. I love how George is wearing a yellow sweater. Yes, and Walter Walter per- looks like he wants nothing to do with what's going on. Would you? He's <laughs> <laughs> probably not going to remember it anyway. How much do you think they had to pay Walter and George to be there with oh, Shatner? I have no idea, but that must have been. You could have cut the tension with a knife, I think, on that. Oh, my God. Very cool, but still cool. Still, yeah, no, very cool. Could you Especially- imagine 
I'm sorry to interrupt you. Could you imagine what that would be for a photo op? Uh, <laughs> if it were creation, it would be bloody expensive. It'd probably be like a grand. <laughs> Can you imagine how cool that is for the fans that were at DST Europe, yes. though? Yeah, that is very, very cool. It is That's really awesome. neat. Speaking of really neat, Dan, there's a new and revised Star Trek encyclopedia, and word on the street is it's pretty awesome. Yeah, this has been in the works for quite a while. Uh, I had the original one, which came out, wow, back in 1997, I believe, is when it came out. Uh, but Denise and Michael Akuda, of course, they are geniuses behind so much that Star Trek have decided to come out with a revised and expanded edition. I believe it's 1,098 pages over two books. Uh, it comes in a beautiful case. Treknews.net had a um, an amazing review on this uh, just recently. It is scheduled to come out on Tuesday, October 18th. So the day that this podcast drops, it should be available to you. Um, and uh, the reviewer gives it a 100 out of 100 with the following, quote, if you're looking to celebrate the fascinating lore of Star Trek over the last 50 years, look no further than this book. This encyclopedia was obviously compiled by Trekkies, for Trekkies, and the franchise is all the better for it, end quote. So uh, looks pretty awesome. That is incredibly high praise. I've been so on the fence about getting that. Mm-hmm. You know, because, well, my wife doesn't really let me buy anything after my birthday. Okay. Um, because people need to be able to get me gifts for Christmas. Right, right. And if I go out and buy it. <laughs> yes, I have that problem as well. <laughs> well, it's because we have late birthdays, you know? Yes, yeah. So I can guarantee if I don't get that, I'm going to order it yes. Christmas night. And we're certainly not giving um, uh, kudos to one retailer over another, but it retails for $150, so it's not cheap. Amazon's got a special right now. It's $88.40. So that's not bad at all. Wow. So So, if you entered a review in iTunes for Trek Geeks, mm -hmm. you could win... 25 bucks to help offset that is what you're saying. That's right. Absolutely. That's 88 minus 25. It's not that expensive. Not that expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dan, lastly, this isn't really news, but it is an update on things we've talked about on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. You and I got some stuff in the mail this week that we are actually amazed happened. I want to have you explained to the audience what you got in the mail. You didn't get what I got in the mail. You got something different than what I got. But I know that you are raring to talk about what you received in the mail, man. I am jealous. You didn't get the same thing in the mail? No, no. I got something better. (laughs) See? A little surprise for you. I didn't tell you. You just assumed. No, I didn't know you got anything till this moment. Well, there you go. I got something in the mail, too, huh? So, it appears that the patches that were sitting on a desk for two years at Aries Studios or Valkyrie Studios or Industry Studios is the latest name, in Valencia, California, that were for the Axonor Kickstarter have shipped. What? Yeah. (laughs) I got mine after two years. That, That crowdfunding was two years ago. And they've had the patches in envelopes with letters already signed and they allegedly couldn't print out address labels. Was so printer broken? Uh, <laughs> could they not get a bunch of volunteers with Sharpies <laughs> to just write them on envelopes? So I got three patches in the mail. 
the first, second, and third fleets, respectively, for Starfleet. Um, and the patches are okay. Mm-hmm. They are only the Kickstarter patches, though, so nothing from the Indiegogo. All right. There were other patches that are supposed to come with that. Huh. So that's what I got. What did you get? Well, congratulations. I'm sure you're... What are you going to do with those patches, though, before I get into what I do? What I got? I haven't, I haven't decided. I've thought about um, maybe offering to collect up as many of them as possible and perhaps turn them into, I don't know, a blanket with a message on it to send back to to Airy Studios. Some people have asked me if I'm going to burn them. I don't know if that's going to happen. Okay. But um, I haven't quite made up my mind yet. All right. Well, hopefully I'll get mine... Someday. I'll let you know when I do. Oh, so but, you, uh, you didn't yeah. get patches. What did you get? I think I got patches. I don't okay. remember. I'll have, to, I'll have to look. I haven't logged into the whatever the hell the name of the site is in a long time, so yeah. I don't remember what I got. I'll have to go check. I thought there were patches, but I could be wrong. That's okay. Um, we'll find out. Someday. What'd you get? I don't know. Oh, what did I get? Oh, yes. This, what did I get? I got some good stuff. Uh, as you know, and as listeners know, we love what the folks over at Fansets are doing the great 50th anniversary pins that they've been releasing over the course of time. Uh, As you may remember, out in Vegas, I signed up for the special 50th anniversary pin collection, which is a giant octagon or pentagon, I think it is, of all of the captains of Star Trek with a very beautiful centerpiece with the 50th anniversary logo. And I was very happy to receive shipment number two in the mail over the weekend with a... um, uh, a pin of Captain Picard with the USS Enterprise D for the next generation. So I got the second of the uh, number five captains that we'll be getting, or I'll be getting. Oh, very cool. Yes, and I was also very surprised and, and happy that they resent an additional Captain Kirk pin because evidently there was a very slight defect in the first pin, which I got to be honest, I've been looking at them side by side. There ain't no defect in the first pin. It's it's freaking awesome. So, but now I have two. <laughs> wow. So, uh, yeah, very, very excited. They're releasing one of these Captain Pin one, Captain Pins once a month until all five are out. Uh, and then I'll probably build some kind of display case for it. They are absolutely beautiful. As we've to- talked about before, Fansets does a great job with the pins that they release. Uh, they have some new ones that have just been released, Q and Con, as well as others. So uh, I was very excited to see that come in the mail on Saturday. See, the way you were talking before you told me about that made me think that you got something different from Axonar. No, no, I wouldn't be excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dan. Bill. You and I are, are fairly big fans of Star Trek timelines. A little bit. Fair statement. Love them. Love the game. You've been playing it a whole lot more than I have. I'm a more casual player, and mm-hmm. you're a more, um, I don't know. Hardcore? Yeah. I don't know if hard. I think month is more hardcore than I am, but really? I do play it every day. I get the dilithium crystals every day. I, I, get, I, I buy that subscription every month. Uh, very inexpensive. Uh, I, I love the game. It just It's one of those things that I said back when we um, were at their booth in Vegas 49, in STLV 49, that you want to see what's happening next. You're never bored at like, okay, this is enough. You want to see what's going to be the next step. Uh, so it's something that I've enjoyed uh, since it was released. Well, we figured that we would 
talk a little bit about you know what we would do if we put together our ultimate crew because you know in timelines you can pretty much get a whole series of characters from every aspect of Star Trek practically right but if you and I were going to you know uh, staff our starship bridge which officers or which characters would we take from all over series, movies, timelines, and even fan films? Because we figured those should be fair game, too. Sure, yeah. It was, a, it was a great idea based on what Timelines is all about. I mean, I think when we spoke with them, when we went and had our away mission down at Disruptor Beam, we asked how many characters are actually in the Star Trek universe. And there are thousands of characters to actually be in this game potentially at some point. So that gives us a lot of people to work with as to who we would want on our ultimate crew. Yes. And before we go any further, we should thank them, everyone at Disruptor Beam, you know, the folks behind Star Trek Timelines for letting us use their artwork for our album cover this week. If you haven't seen it, it's in the show notes on your mobile device, and it's even in the post on uh, on TrekGeeks.com or wherever you're listening to this. So it's uh, it's fabulous stuff. Dan did a great job arranging it, so check out the album cover. Thanks, buddy. Hey, no problem. So, Dan, let's get into our selections. We've <laughs> chosen, what, uh, probably nine or ten different positions on the bridge? Yes, sir. And um, I tell you what, I'll let you pick which station you'd like to staff first you okay. can you can select uh, the position all right i'll select first and i'm gonna say i will say off the bat and i'm not sure if you agree or disagree that this was not as easy as i thought it was going to be i mean you're thinking you have thousands of people to choose from for your ultimate crew but then you get into all right will that person work uh is this more of a humorous pick and something like that so it was actually not as easy as I thought it was going to be it was enjoyable and i liked the crew that i have but did you feel the same or did you feel different at all? Uh, I felt a little different. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that it was difficult per se. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go for any um, you know, levity in my picks. Okay. You know, there, there's no humor in them. I looked to staff a Starship crew. Okay. All right. So which officers would I pick to ultimately you know, be the best crew possible and, and get everyone home? Okay. Well, with that said, then, I'm going to ask if you can tell us what your pick was for Khan. Yes, Khan. So we could look at this a couple of different ways. You know, you because Khan essentially is the pilot mm-hmm. of the starship. So it could be anyone who has piloted, whether helmsman or, or Khan or whatever. So this is actually one of the ones that may surprise you a little bit. Okay. And for Khan, I actually selected Wesley Crusher. (laughs) That's hysterical. It's not supposed to be hysterical. I know. I know. Just hysterical because I know how you feel about Wesley. I know why. I probably know why you did, but that that strikes me very funny. He's a genius. Mm -hmm. You know, he knows his stuff about science. You know, he has a great understanding of how starships work at a very early age. And Picard had enough trust in him to put him at the helm before he was even at Starfleet. That's true. Yep. You know, Um, he proved to be an able officer. And I think that, you know, he would do very well at Khan. That's very interesting. We should also point out that neither of us know what any of our picks are. Yes, We have not discussed this in any way. So these are all surprises for both of us. Um, This one you're going to think is humorous, but it really isn't. I would pick Eric's from the animated series. You know, it's amazing because I I almost 
was sure you were going to pick Eric's. I don't know how. Really? Yeah. Um, uh, we I recently rewatched the animated series and I enjoyed it. He didn't really have a lot to do, but that third arm coming out of the center of his chest, it's going to have to come in handy at some point. Get it? Anyway, <laughs> oh, that was sorry. So That's sorry. But I, I really think that there's potential with that character. And to be honest, and I'm serious when I say this, I really hope that in the next Kelvin movie, as a replacement for Chekhov after the tragic passing of Anton Yelchin, that they somehow work Eric's into the crew. I think that would be phenomenal. Wow, that's very interesting. And certainly in today's CGI, they certainly could. Absolutely. So I would pick him. Yeah, that would be my choice. Wow. I, I'm really fascinated by that choice. Okay, I'm glad. I Nicely like it. done. Thank you, sir. Well, I'll pick next. And since we were talking about Khan, let's go right to Ops, since, you know, in the Enterprise D, that's right next door. So anybody who sat at operations, regardless of where it was on the bridge, um, Dan, who would you pick as your operations officer? I don't necessarily know if this person sat at Ops, but I think he would make a good Ops officer, and that is Commander Remick. Wow. I think he's got, I mean, he's really, he's like intense. Now, I'm not saying whether or not it's the Remick before or after he gets taken over by the parasite alien, but his character is one that always really intrigued me. He looks like he's very dedicated, um, and he has an, an aura of authority about him, I think. So that's who I went with, Commander Remick. Love him or hate him. Interesting. Before You're going his real... head explodes. <laughs> You're going with some real deep cuts. Uh, well, you know, I told you, I'd put a lot of thought into this. I, I guess so. I'm, I'm really impressed. Well, thanks, man. How about you? Who'd you pick? I am picking another much maligned character for Ops, because this was the function he served aboard the Voyager. And I'm actually going to select Harry Kim. I almost chose him as well. Because, you know, as a as an ensign, he does an incredibly effective job of of performing that role. And in seven years and less than favorable conditions, he actually becomes quite an outstanding officer, even if he never gets promoted in that right. time. And right. shame on Janeway for not doing that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have chosen Harry Kim over Data, over pretty much anyone else that could have happened. Because remember, Data was the operations manager right. of the, the D. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I've selected Harry Kim. That was a that's not a that's not a bad choice at all. I actually was thinking about him, but I wanted to mix it up a little bit. And uh, as I was thinking, uh, Remick came in. But yeah, definitely a good choice. Like it. I like it. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Let's roll the dice. Who are we gonna choose next? Let's go with. Uh, let's go with a with kind of a major one. Let's go with the chief medical officer of the starship Starbase space station. Uh, top doc, who would that be for you, man? Well, for me, there was really only one choice for this position. You know, there are a, a variety of doctors who I think could have been outstanding. Because, I mean, Starfleet, or at least the Star Trek series, have never had bad doctors. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I'll, I'll tell you why I ruled out some other ones. Okay. I ruled out Pulaski. No Partly explanation because... needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not the, the biggest Pulaski fan. And, and honestly, I thought she was too much like McCoy when they wrote her character. 
you know, she was irascible. She didn't like the transporter. You know, uh, although I, I love Diana Muldaur, I wasn't a big fan of Pulaski. I don't hate the character, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm. Um, I also did not select Beverly Crusher. Okay, because as as much as Beverly Crusher is a decent doctor, I. I just I don't think that that character necessarily fit well in Next Generation at any point. I, I don't think they wrote her correctly all the time. If all that right. makes sense, yeah, it makes perfect sense. So I decided then to go with the Doctor I thought had perhaps the best ability and the best ability to adapt, and as a result, I chose Julian Bashir. Very interesting. I uh, I could have chosen the doctor, but I just eh. he's he is an amalgam of the experiences of other doctors. Okay, and you know Julian is is you know a, a human and a genetically engineered one at that. And if anybody could compete with the doctor on that level, it could probably be Julian. Mm-hmm. Plus, Julian doesn't need a hollow emitter to get off the ship. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't hear any talk of McCoy in that explanation. Yeah, and I love Bones, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I I thought that Julian added a quality that Bones didn't necessarily have. You know, in the original series, Bones was pretty much whatever they wanted him to be. Right. You know, and, and Julian started off young and earnest and evolved into a doctor with some really amazing abilities as a Starfleet officer and at times as a soldier. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that could serve him well. And I thought that it made him slightly better suited for the crew I would want to put together than Bones. Excellent. Okay. I can go for that. Okay. Um, before I give my uh, answer, I'll do this kind of the same thing that you did. I had th- I gave a lot of thought to Phlox. I think Phlox is a great character. John does an unbelievable job bringing that character to life, and I always loved what he gave on Enterprise. I decided not to go with him, and, and my wife actually said that she would have chosen the Doctor from Voyager. Um, but... Uh, I couldn't go with that one either. And and part of the reason was um, he has all of the knowledge of all of the history of the Federation medically, but he's a hologram. And what you said actually is a, a serious note is you have to have something to allow him to get out of sickbay. And there's too many opportunities where that might not be available. Maybe in the future they'll design something different, but who knows? So I actually went with uh, a familiar name. I also went with Dr. Julian Bashir. Wow. Yeah, uh, his young age and his zest for living, especially in the early seasons of Deep Space Nine, um, I thought I think he's a perfect fit for being a chief medical officer. And his genetic engineering, even though it was illegally obtained, is a tremendous benefit for someone who's going to be the chief medical officer. Um, so I, I, it was not all that difficult for me to be very happy with that choice of, of Bashir. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. I think he's great. I love it. I, hey, it's a great pick, obviously, because I made the same one. Right. And you made it first, so yours is better. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go off on a tangent here. Okay. So out of the blue, who would you select for transporter chief, even though that's not one of the ones we're talking about? Robin Leffler. Really? Yeah. 
I would select uh, Commander Call. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we both scared. had answers right off the bat for that one. I know, right? Yeah. Oh. I think I would take older Commander Call <laughs> than uh, than the young guy. You know, <laughs> your agonizer, please. <laughs> So, all right. So, we're three down, four technically if you count Transporter Chief. Okay. So, Dan, I'm going to move on, I think, to Chief Engineer. Okay. So, obviously, the heart and soul Mm -hmm. of the, you know, the the below decks of the Enterprise or whatever ship it is. Which one of the miracle workers would you select for your starship? I was talking to my brother, Don yesterday about this episode and what we were discussing and I had a couple of examples of positions and I told him who I would choose for chief engineer and he's like what that is insane because that's what he is does that get a good hint no not yet Dr. Richard Daystrom what yeah Uh, for everything that happened in the episode um, with the, the ultimate computer what he did beforehand was off the charts. And, I mean, he has institutes named after him, and he was a very famous engineer and a very good engineer. And I figured I wanted to mix it up. This is one of those ones where I didn't want to go with the most you know, normal answer. I wanted to mix it in a little bit. So as nutty as he is in that episode, you are great, I am great, uh, I... I I love the I love the guy. I thought the guy was a great uh, character in that episode, and uh, he's my chief engineer. Wow, sticking with it. That's uh, I'm stunned by this pick in a bad way. Um, I don't know <laughs> because I mean you've, with the exception of Julian, you've gone for three really deep cuts, yeah. and this one is, you know, kind of kind of out there. I mean, I see where you know logically it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said, he he's crazy. Yes, but that's at the end of his career. All the things that he did before that episode, he was like what everybody looked up to in the engineering field. And it, you got to be a pretty good engineer to have an institute referenced many, many times in Star Trek history. Uh, he has to be pretty good at what he does. So I want the best. So... You know, if he loses a, fru- a few Fruit Loops out of his cereal bowl at the end of his career, I'm willing to put up with that. <laughs> fruit Loops. <laughs> okay, then. Yes. I can't wait to hear yours. This is going to be boring. <laughs> By comparison, yeah. <laughs> I um, This is actually one of the ones I had the toughest time with. And I'll tell you some of the people I considered before I actually settled on my choice. So at first, I considered Zephram Cochran. That's a very good pick, actually. Yeah, but then I said to myself, well, self, he's a bit of a drunk. And we don't know how much he actually engineered. He just made the flight. You know, Lily did all the scraping together of the materials. That's true. Absolutely right. So then I said to myself, well... How about Reg Barkley? Because by the time we see him later on in Voyager, he's made a lot of progress. And then I say to myself, now, he's still not ready to be chief engineer material. You know, he's he's got a lot of things to work through, and he's going through those with Troy. And I think someday he could be a tremendous chief engineer. I just don't think on my ship he fits, if that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Yep, I'll go with that. 
So then I ultimately settled on what I think is the ultimate chief engineer, and I'm going to go with movie-era Scotty. Which movie? Or just all of them? Well, I mean like the original series cast movies. Okay, okay. So because, you know, at that point, you know, his his tenure as a miracle worker is well-established, and Scotty is a, he's a force to be reckoned with. You know, he, he really is. He wires the Enterprise to let four guys and an escaped mental patient steal her. <laughs> 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 you know, but, you know, for all the reasons we know and love Scotty and maybe watching Relics again made me think about him a little more. But I think that, you know, Scotty is is as timeless as this bridge crew is, and I think he's the perfect choice. As long as it's not the Star Trek V Scotty who can't remember that there's a bulkhead right at his forehead and walking into it. I know <laughs> this ship like the back of my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and yet he still sees it coming. It's not like he turns around and it surprises him. Exactly. He's looking at it and walks into it. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Okay. All right. So that was an interesting pick from both of us. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's move along. Let's go to let's go to counselor uh, on this ship, station, base, whatever we want. Who would you choose as counselor? Because it is a legitimate uh, position uh, in the Star Trek universe. It it truly is. And I thought about this one for a long time too, because I mean people always want to go for obvious choices. And I didn't necessarily want to do that. Um, you know, I could have picked Deanna Troy. You know, I could have picked Esri Dax. I could have picked uh, any one of a number of people. There were two people who I, I, I thought of instantly. And the first of which I think might make you scratch your head a little bit. The first one was Garrick. Oh, that's a great that's a great <laughs> pick, man. Talk about being able to get in your head. Yeah, and ultimately <laughs> that's kind of who I settled on. Um the other one was Guinan. And I was in a dead heat back and forth with the two of them. Hmm. But I thought Guinan was a little too ethereal. Right. You know, Garrick Garrick is a great listener. Mm -hmm. And there are times where he gives great advice to people and they don't necessarily realize how great the advice is. So I'm going to select Garrick. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that, man. That is, that's my favorite pick of yours so far. Thank you. Because it's, it's, it's completely out of left field, but it, it works. I think that would be phenomenal. Nobody would ever have problems on the ship because they'd be afraid to go see him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's the perfect counselor for Kirk then. <laughs> he and the, the but the problem would be he'd be like, "Come in, sit on the couch." And then they try to sit on him. <laughs> Cuz that's what he's wearing. But anyway, I digress. So, Dan, who did you pick for counselor? Well, this one was um difficult because it's not a uh, there's not a lot to choose from. Uh you you talked about most of them. Um, I made my pick simply for w one reason. Um, I actually went with Dr. Elise McKenna from Star Trek Continues just because I love her. <laughs> She's a great <laughs> character. It's Michelle. So that's another reason. But her being the first ship's counselor, and as we saw in the most recent episode where she's had to fight to get to the position that she's at, 
she is a very strong character. She's very compassionate. And the relationship that she's building with Spock that we never saw in the original series is really something to me. And for this character of McKenna to be in Star Trek Continues, and then in the future, in the timeline, we see that the counselor is something that is needed and is on starships, has to tell you that Starfleet thought the position of her being on the Enterprise at some point was important enough to make it to make them a regular crew member. So she was the first, so she is my best, and she would be my choice. I think that's a fantastic choice. I think that it's a character that helps establish the idea of a counselor extremely mm-hmm. well and provides a nice bridge to Deanna Troy in the yes. next generation. So that's a great pick, buddy. Absolutely. So moving on, let's talk about first officers. Mm-hmm. So obviously second in command, although I always wondered why they called them first officers if they're second in command. Right. Or number one for that matter. Or number one. Mm-hmm. So of all of the Starfleet officers. Now, keep in mind, it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who was a first officer necessarily. Okay. Whom would you select as your first officer? I don't think it's somebody that has to be in uh, Starfleet either. No. To be perfect. Not for your ship. You. Nope. Um, <clears throat> my, my pick might surprise you. It's another one of those deep cuts, I think, is what you've been calling it uh, through the show so far. I love this character. I love the actor who portrays this character, and he does a lot of characters in Star Trek, just to give you a hint. Um, we've never really had a, uh, a member of this alien race as a regular crew member, and I think what he brings to the table and his ferociousness and his dedication uh, would make him a great first officer, and that is Shran from Enterprise. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think that he would be phenomenal. There was so much to his character in Enterprise, especially in the in the um, the last few times we saw him, um, of his his dedication to keeping promises and his um, honorability. I think is very much uh, something that made me go with this selection. Uh, and he's just a badass character, of course. Jeffrey Combs does such an amazing job with every character he's ever portrayed, and this certainly is no exception. So he is my first officer of my starship. Wow. Mm. So Andorians, almost yes. like they were thinking of bringing Shran on board for season five. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been happen. amazing. It would have definitely been very interesting, wouldn't yep. it? Yes. Yep. Wow. <laughs> I just, I'm blown away by that one. Dude, you were... All over left field with these <laughs> great picks. Well, what's your pick, Pink Skin? <laughs> See, I feel like my picks have been very dull compared to yours. No, they've been awesome. They've been very good. I've loved them. Really? Yep, I have. So, for first officer, I had to take a look at whom I was going to have at captain and have somebody to offset that person or at least provide some kind of balance to that person. Mm-hmm. And that made this pick probably the toughest one for me. Okay. Because I went back and forth on Captain a couple of times. And like, well, if I go back and forth on Captain, I did that at least twice as much with First Officer. And so ultimately, for First Officer, I have selected Data. Who has been Captain. Uh, well, he's been in command. 
He was captain uh, during the Klingon uh, uh, Civil War. The the yeah yeah he was yeah, well he, technically he wasn't the captain although he was captaining the Sutherland. Right. So, but you know he was second officer and operations manager on the Enterprise. He was a. Uh, you know, a technically first officer and future imperfect. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the red data. Yes. Um, I liked that, actually. But, I mean, data has so many qualities that I think make him ideal for first officer that I think he's a, you know, a shoe-in for that particular position. Yeah. And I hope that he provides balance to the person in the center seat, is all I'm saying. Okay. No, I think that's a great pick. Uh, there's so many different layers that you can pick for any of these characters and 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 that's a great one i I really think i mean he'd be good just captain or first officer in my opinion i think either one of those could be interchangeable if you really look at the character i think it's a great pick man nice job well thank you yes whose pick is it <laughs> i think it's mine isn't it uh, yes. i think it is all it's right. your pick all right well, we're gonna save uh the the, the probably the, the the two biggest ones for last. So let's go to tactical or security officer uh, okay. on your starship. That's this is going to be an interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to to see who you would pick for this one. Well, uh, I, I, this is one that I think there's a there's a lot of really good candidates that aren't necessarily Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, as you look at my list, I picked a lot of humans. Yep. And so far, I've got, you know, an android and a Cardassian. So when I was looking at that, I said, well, you know, I don't necessarily want to go human with this pick. And there are plenty of aliens, I think, would make suitable tactical or security officers. And I I leaned more on the tactical side of things. So I wanted somebody with some experience, you know, in in combat or in in close quarters. Mm Mm-hmm. And as a result, I selected Martok. Oh, nice. One eye yeah. or two eye? Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, <laughs> two eye is a little more angry. I'm sorry. One eye is a little more angry. So maybe two eyed Martok. Okay. All right. But one eyed Martok is also a lot easier to deal with. That's true. So we'll just say Martok. How's okay. that? That sounds good. And, and uh, as you know, he's probably my all time favorite Klingon. Uh, I do. JG plays him so perfectly i love the voice i love the character i just could see him lighten up those photon torpedoes when he's ready to fire him off <laughs> well and, and also he's a little more mature than Worf is yes yep you know Worf is still learning a great deal even when he's at deep space nine mm-hmm. and certainly he becomes a, a much you know more rounded officer on ds9 okay i still think that you know he's he's still learning a, a lot and you know, I just, I want somebody who is, has been there. I want somebody who's made tougher choices. Okay. And so that's why I went Martok. Nice. My pick, you're going to, I can see you just having a complete question mark on your face when I tell you who I picked. But I picked him for reasons that are hard to explain, so I'll do my best. Okay. I wanted somebody shrewd. I wanted someone not afraid to bend the rules. And I'm, I'm talking, I think I'm thinking more of security officer at this point. I wanted somebody who was not afraid to do what it takes to protect, protect the ship and crew uh, at all costs. And I wanted somebody who was devious. I think I said devious. Did I say that already? I don't remember. I don't remember. I went with Luther Sloan. 
Wow. Section 31 knowledge, the ability to know, to have um, his hands to be able to, to, to get stuff that you might not be able to get somewhere else. And I'm taking the Section 31 into this decision as well. Uh, I think it would be an interesting uh, position or an interesting person to be in that position. I'm not talking traitorous in any way, just the character and what uh, he has access to and how he looks at protecting the Federation is what made that choice easy for me. So let's review some of your picks so far. (laughs) You've got two really big jerks, (laughs) Remick and Sloan. Wow. You've got a mental patient, (laughs) Daystrom, and you've got an alien of of dubious character in Shran. Wow. That, wow. Dubious character, sir? Yeah. Wow. Because Shran's about himself. (laughs) Right? I'm not even talking to you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got two of the most annoyed, you know, annoying characters in Star Trek to some people. So So if I've got two jerks in my crew, I guess that makes Bill Smith my captain. I've always wanted a captain of Starship. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I jumped ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry, we like Jeopardy, we have to go with your first answer. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> so, Dan, that actually, I think that's a fantastic pick with Sloan. I, Thanks, um, I never would have thought of that. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's funny. When I was thinking of, of before I got into positions, I had certain characters that I really wanted to pick. He was the only one that always stuck in my head. I wanted Sloan to be on the crew for some reason. Maybe that's wow. a testament to the, the job that uh, um, uh, I always want to call him Willem Dafoe when it's not. Um, uh, the gentleman who played him uh, on, on Deep Space Nine. I'm having a mind blank. I'll pull that up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember from Die Hard 2. So, yeah, so who is he? William Sadler. That's it, William yes. Sadler. I, I always want to say Willem Dafoe for some reason, and it's obviously not. He is a fantastic. Well, it, Die Hard Two is not the greatest movie on the planet. He saves know. it. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> you can't really save that. It's, I don't know if you know. It's like Die Hard Two. <laughs> <laughs> At the airport that I used to fly out of all the time, and it was nothing like the at airport. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, it was not Dulles. Sorry. No, that really wasn't Dulles. Mm-mm. All right, so Dan, moving on. Yes, sir. We've got two selections left, one of which, of course, is Captain. But first, we're going to concentrate on Science Officer. Okay. This one was uh, interesting, but go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, not all of the series have had Science Officers. True. But I thought that it would be good since this is Star Trek and it's about, you know, seeking out you know, new worlds and new civilizations and discovering things that we should have a strong focus on science. Excellent. So that said, please regale us with your selection. Wow. Well, in my mind, you cannot have an ultimate crew without somehow having Spock associated with your crew. He is what everyone, every, when you ask anybody, what do you think about when you think of Star Trek more times than not, you're going to hear Spock. You might hear Enterprise, you might hear Kirk, but Spock is, is the face of the franchise, in my opinion. And that's not knocking anybody in particular or, or putting Leonard Nimoy up on a pedestal. It's Spock, the character. So I wanted Spock. So I chose 
a version of Spock for Science Officer, but I wanted to mix it up a little bit. So I, cho- I chose Mirror Universe Spock to be the Science Officer on the crew. And why Mirror? Because he's a little more mysterious. Um, he is not afraid to uh, overstep his boundaries when needed, I guess is the best way. And one of the things that he said... I, I couldn't chose him as first officer because I chose Shran, but um, in the Mirror Mirror episode, he says, I do not wish to be captain, but if it befalls me, blah, 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 blah. So he doesn't have that drive to continue to climb the ladder. So I think that makes him a perfect choice for science officer. He's Very good at what he does, and uh, and I love the beard. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, some of that rationale that you chose – it was actually went into my pick for science officer. And I'll tell you right up front, I did not select Spock. Okay. Um, it's not because I have anything against Spock, but I was looking at the makeup of my crew that I have selected so far. And I, I tried to go with who I thought would be a better fit. So it wouldn't necessarily be Spock, but I mean, you know, Spock is Spock. Is Spock right. You know, Spock is Star Trek. Right. So... I decided to go with somebody who who also is exceedingly good with science, who has no real aspirations, and somebody who doesn't always necessarily fit in. And as a result, I chose seven of nine. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. You know, some of those same qualities that you said for Mirror Spock, mm-hmm. which I totally understand, but... Um, you know, she also brings the Borg element, which I thought could be very interesting. Yep, a lot of knowledge there. A lot of knowledge there, a lot of capability mm-hmm. there. And, you know, and you figure plus with Julian as the doctor, that could be very interesting. Right. She certainly is not afraid. Um, she doesn't really have a fear factor to her, which I think, you know, as a science officer might help. Uh, I don't know. Would that be more first officer? I don't know. But I think that's a great choice. Uh, there's, well, there's, she's got that internal conflict that we're used to seeing with our regular science officer of Spock. Mm. So there's a similarity there. That's an awesome pick, man. I love it. These picks are great. Well, thank you. Ah, good job. So that leaves one slot left, buddy. Wow, we are we're at the pinnacle, the 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 top dog, the head cheese, uh, head cheese. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, man. This is the big one. Who would you choose as your captain of your starship? Well, this this was the hardest one of all because I looked at the crew that I had assembled for the rest of the bridge team and I, I wanted to pick somebody who I thought complemented all of that really well. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to pick the person that was my favorite. I wanted to pick the one that I thought worked best for this crew. Okay. So, and I'm, I'll review my other picks really quickly before I give Captain. Okay. So I remember at Con, I had Wesley Crusher. At Ops, I had Harry Kim. As a doctor, I had Julian Bashir. Engineer, I had Movie Era Scotty. For Counselor, I had Garrick. First Officer, I had Data, which I think is is fairly key. Mm-hmm. For uh, Tactical, I had Martok. And for Science, I had Seven of Nine. So looking at all of those different characters, for my captain, I chose Jonathan Archer. Excellent. I know somebody who's going to be very happy with that choice. Who? That would be Norman. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Norman will be happy with that be choice. Very happy with that. But, you know, looking at the cast of characters I've assembled, 
you know, data is a great complement to Archer. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Archer still has a lot of emotion in his decision-making, and data has none of that. You know, whereas data is also very able and can give Archer to Paul-like advice at times, I think. Okay. So that was kind of my, my mindset. That's a great, great pick. I love that pick. I actually did think of Archer, but I didn't go with Archer. Um, I'll review mine as well, like like you did, just so we have uh, the list. For first officer, I chose Shran. Science officer was Mirror Universe Spock. Uh, chief medical officer was Dr. Bashir. Chief engineer was Dr. Richard Daystrom. At Khan, I had Eric's from the uh, animated series. Operations officer was Commander Remick. Luther Sloan heads up tactical and security. And Dr. McKenna from Star Trek Continues is the ship's counselor. So... This was the hardest choice for me as well. I chose Morn. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, That's why you put him on the cover. Yeah, that's right. No, this was the hardest one. And I actually said this to you the other day when when I was working on it. I said, I'm having a really hard time at choosing Captain. Um, And I decided to go with someone um, who has proven that he can be Captain. He has a proven war record. He has a proven peace record. He's able to work with many different races and conflicting points of view, opinion, religion, uh, and has was able to uh, do a phenomenal job as captain. And he's also my favorite captain. So I went with Captain Benjamin Sisko. Ah, uh, yes. The uh, Sisko. He is uh, an amazing captain. Uh, he is an amazing character in the Star Trek universe. Um, it was, I didn't, uh, at first when I, when I decided to go with Cisco, I didn't want to pick him because everybody knows that Deep Space Nine is my favorite series. And I didn't want the, well, it's just because he's your, it's the captain of your favorite show. His character is so intense and deep and passionate. You don't see that passion that Avery Brooks brought this character from any other character, I don't think. And I think it's not a it's not a testament to Avery's acting. It's what the character itself was, what he was like. Benjamin is an extremely emotional and um, uh, devoted uh, officer, father, friend, all those things. And I think that that is a trait that um, you need to have as captain or all of those traits you need to have as captain. And I think that it would be a great choice based on all of the different choices that I chose for the other positions. I think it, it provides a nice balance to Spock too. Mm -hmm. Um, Although the mirror you know, aspect of Spock may be a little interesting, but uh, Cisco has plenty of experience dealing with mirror types. Right. And one of the things that I thought would work good also with Cisco as captain and Shran as first officer is he didn't have any problem butting heads with Kira. So I didn't think that it would be a problem to have someone who Andorians are known for butting heads as first officer with Captain Cisco in command. So, so there you have it. I think it's an outstanding pick. I mean, you know, I love the Cisco. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's my favorite captain, as he is yours. Right. I think he's the best, you know, rounded character out of all the captains. Yep. And I, I think it's a lights out pick, man. Awesome. Thanks, man. All all good picks. Your your picks were phenomenal. Yeah, I forgot to add Chief Toilet Scrubber Dan Davidson. No, you made that very clear at the beginning of the podcast. Thank you for reminding everyone though. No, I wanted to make sure I got it in with you know the, the rest of the positions. Mm-hmm. Thanks. What what position would I have on your ship? Oh, you're, I already told you, you're captain. 
No, you made Cisco captain. Well, he yeah, but you assassinated him because you're part of the mirror universe. You're the one who threw him into the fire pits at, uh, on Bajor. So, wow! Congratulations, Captain. Throw you into the fire pits. <laughs> no, you'd be the guy scraping the stuff off the hull of the Enterprise in uh, Pilgrim of Eternity. Who's oh, your phaser <laughs> overloaded? Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, Apollo. And Sulu losing his air. <laughs> Kill Spock? <laughs> That's not what we came to Vulcan for, is it? Oh my god, that was good. <laughs> it's a neural paralyzer. <laughs> wow. Well, Dan, uh, I think this whole exercise was a lot of fun. Hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Um, you know, people should head on over to Camp Kittimer and give us their selection. Yes, we'd love to hear what everybody thinks would be their ultimate crew. We've got a few posts up there now in the question I posed. So uh, if you join Camp Kittimer, find that thread and uh, chime in with your own picks. We think that would be amazing. Ding! Ding! Dan, we're asking everybody, like we said earlier, to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And people could win a $25 Amazon.com gift card or the equivalent in your country's version of Amazon just for rating and reviewing the podcast. Doesn't that sound fantastic? It sounds awesome. And we love getting these reviews, like we always say. And we're not just saying it. Whether it's good or bad, we love the feedback because it helps us make a better show. So please send them in. We really appreciate it. We're at the start of a new review period now. We do this quarterly, and we'll be announcing the winner from last quarter on the podcast next week. Boom. So you've got plenty of time to get in. We'll uh, we'll draw the next $25 at the end of the year, so uh, that'll be great. Nice. Dan, another thing that is great is all the music you hear on Trek Geeks, and that is provided graciously by our friends in the band Five Year Mission. We love those guys and their music. They're pretty so, awesome. They, they're amazing. Anyone I, who's seen them in Vegas, like you for the first time, knows how amazing they are firsthand now. Yes. I love Five-Year Mission. I love everyone in Five-Year Mission. I just want to I, say that. Why, why are you saying that? That's saying kind of a weird thing I'm to say. I'm just saying it. But actually, I, wanted to do, I did want to ask you a question or see what? if you share the opinion. Do okay. you think that J.J. Abrams is doing stuff like this on purpose now? What do you mean? Uh, well, in our universe, the drummer of Five Year Mission is this pasty white glasses wearing dude who tries to get pumped up at the gym on his off days. But yet in the Kelvin universe, he's this ripped Middle Eastern dude with a cool accent and a nice Starfleet, you know, pendant, and he's got big pecs. Check it out. It's Star Trek into Farkness. Oh, my. Pasty I, white guy. Hey. <laughs> uh, I, I just, it's like you're trying to hang yourself. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing anything. So hang October 29th. Oh, here we go. October 29th. You and I will be appearing with Andy Fark from Five Year Mission on the GNT show during their 24 hours of GNT, mm-hmm. sort of their annual fundraiser to help offset their cost of producing the show. And um, Five Year, you're being sued. <laughs> essentially, let's just put it that we way. Call it that. You know, you are being taken to court over the version of their song that you sang on this year' podcast several months ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I don't know why a, you. It's, keep, gonna, it's the, what I do here with Farkas. These are my. This is my love for the him and the band. This is my love for them. I'm talking about them every single week. Just because you, I sang a line of one song that they think I w- was stealing or whatever, that's irrelevant to this, sir. 
If you loved him anymore, you'd be slamming his hand in a car door. What? No, I. He's <laughs> awesome. Uh, love him, Fark. You, uh, Fark, buddy. All right, can we move on, please? <laughs> <laughs> As Dan is wallowing, <laughs> treading water, <sighs> I would remind everyone that you can head on out to fiveyearmission.net, please. Get all of their albums, download those things, put them on your mobile phone. You can listen to them wherever you want. Lord knows I do, but uh, we guarantee you'll you'll enjoy and love their music. So fiveyearmission.net. Dan, do you think you might tell us what's coming up next week yes. on this year podcast? I would be happy to tell you and all the listeners, Bill. I don't want to speak for you, though, but I know that it was one of my favorite Next Generation episodes. Um, and coincidentally... It was also the episode that was taking place for the final episode of Enterprise. Does does that make sense? Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, next week we are going to deep dive into the Next Generation episode, The Pegasus. And how can you not be excited for that? Because any episode with John Locke from Lost has to be awesome, right? Oh, without a, without a doubt in my mind, Terry O'Quinn is one of my favorite actors, <laughs> period. And whenever he's in something, it's like, oh, there's John Locke. <laughs> yeah, he is great in this. We are going to uh, do a full episode on this amazing TNG episode. So looking forward to it. That's next week in episode 81. Wow, 81, Dan. We're on 80 right now? Yeah, this is number 80. That's eight pretty zero. awesome. 80 episodes of Dealing With Me. You are a saint, sir. I, I deserve something, that's for sure. Perhaps years of therapy. <laughs> Dan, for more great Star Trek discussions, we suggest that everybody check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at thetricordertransmissions.com. They just dropped a new shore leave this past weekend. Boom. Download that thing and listen to it. And, of course, for all the latest news on everything Star Trek, please visit our friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been Episode 80 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. The M5 must be destroyed. Destroyed, Kirk? No, we're invincible. Look what we've done, your mighty starships. Four coconuts to be crushed as we choose. Okay, then. Neck pinch. Bing bong. Hi. Hi. What's up? You ready to do this? Let's go. Wow, <laughs> Mr. Business. Uh, we have a schedule to keep on, sir. Come this on. is the first time you've that's been me. this business like because this podcast you were very ever. mean to me this week, and I'm not appreciative of your follies. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. When was I mean to you? We don't. This is only a seven-minute outtake, so I can't even begin to start. Seven? I don't know. Whatever. 
Uh, you're the ultimate, ultimate. You're the ultimate crew. You're the uh, so uh, executive producer. I it's however long you want it to be. I'm just here for the ride. <laughs> I, I don't buy that for a minute. I'm drinking my pear martini again. <laughs> How many have you had tonight? I just started my first one in my Lies. Patriots in my Patriots martini glass. Lies. No, honey, was it my first one I just started? Yes. Thank you. You gonna call her a liar now? No, but she may not have all the data. You could be so high-functioning that you're drinking behind her back. <laughs> I've been with her every second since, like, noon today. Every second. Every second. Yep. Because uh, we had I to drive that- home. We drove. We watched the game, and, and then we left, and we drove up back to Maine, and then we got dinner. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, here, here we go. I had to go get dinner, so I was gone for, like, seven minutes. I think I could suck down four or five of those things. and <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I've known you for 20 years now. Yeah, you could do that. That's not outside your your skill set. Sometimes I have to because I have to meet with you on a weekly basis. That is just... Do you have anything new? No, because that just never gets old. <laughs> no, it actually does. <laughs> okay, I'll try something new next week. Thank you. I am... Right. Uh, I'm drinking a Shiner Buck. Yes, you do drink those a lot. Can't you think of anything new? No? Why'd you laugh at that? That was one of the dumbest things you've ever said since you learned to speak. I wasn't laughing at me. No, you did that. I wasn't laughing at me. (laughs) Actually, you were. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of us laugh at you all the time. I'm well aware. That I am aware of. Thank you for reminding me. You're welcome. So I um my wife goes to a metabolic conditioning gym. Okay. It's not like CrossFit or that stuff. It's uh it's a little more targeted. There's actual training that goes on. There's not you know, I know some people who do CrossFit suffer some injuries at times. But it's all very intense. And they're doing a Halloween workout for charity. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. Interesting. Now, my friend Scott went a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, you know, is, he's not like me. He's not a big fat kid. <laughs> um, wow. He works out regularly, and he thought, you know, it was a challenging workout. So I think I'm going to die. Wow, that's a shame. Good good luck. (laughs) Wow. I'm sure you'll do fine. Is that why you you wanted me to transfer Trek Geeks to your name? I have have faith in you. I have faith in the heart. (laughs) I hope you have faith in my heart, or at least a good number of a good cardiologist. Before it explodes. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, on on the 29th, I'll be going to the gym in the morning. Okay, so that means that I'll probably be by myself on the G&T show. (laughs) Yes, because I'll either be in the ICU or, you know, at a funeral home. Karma's a (laughs) Just like you. Wow, I knew that was coming. I just opened that right up. Softball, right over home plate for you. Yeah. 
Way to go, genius. You did, you did well. I'm proud of you. We'll see how well they do in a couple of weeks. <laughs>